for today's conversation and I think you will enjoy it as well. I have the privilege and honor of interviewing my parents, Bobby and Rose Bogart. Today we're going to get real and authentic. We're going to have fun. You'll probably need tissues, so make sure you have those ready, but we hope you'll come along with us and learn a little bit about how we've navigated family while Jason and I have walked through infertility. Hey mom and dad. Hey BR. <laughs> hey money Ruth. Okay, so I'm excited to have y'all today, and I just want the listeners to know that it's taken me since I lost, launched this podcast to get y'all to sit in this room with me, because we all know that this is not an easy topic, it's not something easy that we've navigated in real life, and then to talk about it and put it on the airways can be difficult, but I'm honored that you guys would come, and I think today we're going to get to really encourage some families, because as you guys know... When a couple's walking through infertility, it can be one of the most isolating things, right? But it yes. also highly affects the people in their lives, their family, their closest friends. And it requires those that love them most to learn how to navigate relationship with them in a way that most of us weren't planning on having to do. So today I'm excited because I think we're going to get to hopefully share some tips and tools just through sharing our story that's going to help some families navigate this well because it is a sensitive topic. It involves finances. It involves emotions. It involves relationship. It involves intimacy. All the topics, so many layers. And so I'm honored that you guys would come and share your experience with Barren Not Broken Community. So I thought we'd start with a story that mom and I were talking about the other day. And that is... Um, we were probably like maybe two years into marriage, would you say, Mom? Yeah, about that. Yeah, and so we had kind of started discovering early on that we would have issues getting pregnant and that we were ha- I was having some Ill- health issues. And so, Mom, tell us the story about how we were driving in the car and I told you my conversation with God. Well, we were driving in the car. I was driving and had my sunglasses on. That's relevant for the story. That's very key to this story. And... We were driving to go shopping somewhere, and um, you were sitting in the passenger seat in the front, and you were talking to me, and you said to me that God asked you the question, what would you do if you could never have children? And mm. and as soon as you said that to me, it was so shocking that I was yeah. so glad I had my sunglasses on because <laughs> I teared up a little. And um, I have learned after having children, though, that you have to be careful your response and reaction. <laughs> so I said, "Well, babe, what did you what did you think about that?" And you told me that you said I talked it through with God, and yes, I I felt peace afterwards, and I went and talked to Jason about yeah. it. And you and Jason talked it through, and you both felt peace at the moment, even though that wasn't your heart's desire. Yeah, it was to have your own children, and. Um, you just, at that moment, you felt peace because, it, like you said, it was kind of the beginning of the journey yeah. of starting to realize there were struggles physically and issues in your body. Yeah. And I think what what's funny, looking back as we talked about that conversation, was I had no clue that my mom was tearing up. And m- mom and I are best friends, so we know each other pretty well, and there's not really much we can hide when we're having emotions or feelings. And so she definitely hid that really well. And, um, I had no idea how that affected you until fast forward 19 years later when I'm having a hysterectomy and you shared that story with me. And so that was just a enlightening conversation to me to understand that in 19 years, that was our first real conversation about what Jason and I were facing. And then you fast forward 19 years to, um, a few months ago, you guys were here to help care for me while after having a hysterectomy so you guys have journeyed from moment one down to where we currently are and I think today what I want listeners to understand is what you and you both have done so well is that you have never once pressured Jason and I in our journey you've never said when are you having kids why can't you have kids you know why don't you try this why don't you try that why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that And to be frank, that's actually really rare 
And so I want to hear from you guys, what was your approach in not putting that pressure on? You know, what made you contemplate and come to the decision of how you've navigated with Jason and I? Dad, let's start with you. Well, <clears throat> you know, when I think about your journey, I, I go all the way back to when you were a kid. You always had a doll in your hand. You yeah. always, uh, especially when your little brother came in, you were always <laughs> mothering your little brother. Still to this day, I think. <laughs> no, not me. Uh, you were always, you know, uh, kind of being a nanny, even at nine years old, to yeah. kids in the neighborhood. And yeah. So we just always had this imagination and, and thought process that you would be one that had a lot of kids. Yeah. Because yeah. you just have that mothering heart and mothering spirit. Yeah. So as you begin to journey through the difficulty, and um, we... we I don't, I don't know exactly how to put it, but, you know, we just had to posture ourselves in, in prayer and intercession yeah. Yeah. Um, because we could see the hurt and the pain yeah. as you journey through the different seasons. Yeah. Um, and as parents, I mean, really, you're always wanting to be an encouragement, yeah. uh, be a strength, and how do you navigate that? I can't say that we sat down and yeah. Had a whole thought process. Yeah. Because we had to respond to the different seasons. Yeah, each moment. And different moments. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mom? Well, I think the hardest part, other than the fact that you can't have children anymore, is watching the pain, like Dad was yeah. saying. The pain that your child goes through that was extreme from the moment we started realizing it. And it was yeah. constant. And, and I remember... You know, maybe halfway into your 19 years thinking, yeah. wow, you know, it's not even about having children anymore. It's yeah. about her health. It's about her quality of life. It's yeah. about hers and Jason's relationship. Yeah. And and kudos to Jason. And I'm going to insert this oh, here, yeah, even though awesome. we may talk about it later. <laughs> um, I love Jason with all my heart because, oh my God. All the things that you've been through, he's been right there. Yeah. He's never talked about or even insinuated leaving you behind yeah. or going to someone new like a yeah. lot of men do because they want to have their own kids or yeah. or I'm sick of taking care of this sick woman that's yeah. in my house, <laughs> in my bed. Or yeah. And I mean, he may have had feelings, but yeah. he's never shown that. He's yeah. never shown resentment. Yeah. He's never shown regret yeah. for marrying you or being in our family. <laughs> he, he could have some regret there, that's for sure. Yeah, there could be some regretful moments on that side. But, but no, I just, I just want to say, um, yes, it's been hard to watch the pain that you've gone through, but I also feel yeah. the pain that Jason's been through, even yeah. though I'm not a man yeah. and I don't understand the man side of it. Yeah. Um, I do... I'm so proud of Jason yeah, because, for sure. and I love him. And besides the fact he calls me St. Rose all the time, but <laughs> I, I love him and I, I'm thankful for him yeah. loving you the way he does. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think one thing about that is we can just go there is, you know, Jason has in some ways, I think helped our family navigate it because He's just been so faithful and like so steady through it all. And, you know, I think that his steadiness like set the tone for our for our marriage and for our family and how we navigated it because he's been steady like every step of the way. And, you know, to go back to what dad said, you know, uh, Lauren's been on the podcast. Lauren's my best friend. And we grew up together, and she talks about how I would gather up all the kids in our apartment complex where we lived at the time, and we I would do little Bible studies with them and hang out with them. And so I, you know, Jason and I both actually have very similar stories in that Jason has always been involved in children and youth camps and like loving on, you know, kids. And so yeah, I think like to go back to that point, like you just assume that Jason and I are going to, you know, have a, have a lot of kids or at least have one, you know, and 
for you guys to watch us stepping into that, what I want to know is how did that affect you knowing, you know, let's say we're five years in. Okay, now everybody's kind of like, okay, this is looking a little bit not good. This is not going in the right direction. Then you move into seven years and then you're 10 years and it's like, well, dang, like where's, where's this happening? And, and I think like probably I can imagine mom that that question was looming throughout the years that we had from the conversation we had in the car that day of what if we never have children, would we be okay? And, and I remember telling God, like, I'll be okay. Like, I don't want that to be the case, but I'll be okay. But what I would ask you guys is, how did you guys study yourselves to be okay knowing that you may not, that your daughter may not bring forth grandchildren? No, no. You have to understand something. I'm still not okay. Yeah. I'm still not good. okay with that. Yeah. Now, am I processing it? Yes. Am yeah. I mad at you or Jason? No. Yeah. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about the loss of legacy. It's about yeah. the loss of yeah. that child or children that could have been part of our family that yeah. could have changed the world. And I look way bigger than just my feelings. Yeah. But I, I've not let myself feel for me. Yeah. I've I've processed feelings and there's yeah. a difference. Yeah, there is. You process the feelings when they come. Yeah. But I've not lived in those feelings. That's good. And I've I've it's only really allowed good. myself this past year when you started talking about hysterectomy yeah. and the finality of it, the pain rose up to where I couldn't I couldn't um, hold it in. Yeah. I couldn't hold on to that anymore. I had yeah. to start letting the feelings come because yeah. I knew we were coming to that place yeah. where I would need to be there for you. Yeah. And so my feelings about it have been hit, not hidden but yeah. kept to myself in private with dad yeah and yeah that's yeah. and I've let myself cry and I've let myself be angry yeah but I'm still processing the loss of that yeah and that's but real. again not angry at, yeah. at you guys or yeah. angry at the the thought of it yeah yes and I don't even totally understand how to process it completely yeah. um because it's a death yeah it's it a death to us and yeah. so um yeah, but I, I, I'm still processing it, still real feelings. Yeah. But there have been moments when I had over the years, because you asked me that earlier, is yeah. I over the years I had the faith to believe for better, yeah, uh, for your health. Right. I've had the faith, yeah. you know, but I've also at the same time been, I've prayed over it, I've confessed over it, I've yeah. done all the things you do as a Christian. But there was also times when I beat myself up thinking, well, what could I have done better? Yeah. What could I have done different? Yeah. Is there words I should have spoken that I didn't? Yeah. And but I think that's the sad thing, Mom, about families walking through this is that it leaves you with questions and shame tries to attach itself to what could I have done differently. Right. And so what I want to point out in what you just said is a few things. One is that everybody feels it. Right. Everybody feels it. But two, the feelings and how we process them is understanding that our feelings don't just affect us, right? So your feelings don't just affect you. My feelings don't just affect me. Jason's feeling, dad's feeling. They don't just affect them. Um, The feelings affect everyone and they're going to come. And I think what I think is beautiful about how you navigated that is and to be honest that some parents don't do is that they make it about themselves and how they feel about it versus the fact that yes, we are all walking through it, but it's mine and Jason's story. You are a part of it. You are a piece of it, but it's our story that we have to actually live out in a way that no one else can. And so when you choose to process, right, and to navigate your feelings and your emotions in a way that allows you to have your own because that matters but it never overtaking or superseding what Jason and I are walking through and I think that that's the first thing I really want to hone in on for families is that you have to not make your feelings about everybody else just like I can't make my feelings about you I can't I can't walk in my feelings in a way that it projects or it um 
causes action that would bring damage or hurt to you um, or dad or Jason, whomever it is. Like we have to own our own feelings, but I think it's really key to understand that we can't make our feelings about someone else. And I think you guys have really done incredible in that. I know that you've had feelings. And I think one regret I have is not always asking you how you felt, but understanding that there was the grace that I probably couldn't handle asking and, and you guys answering that most of the time. But, you know, I will say I'm sorry that you guys have to experience the loss of legacy because it's very real when you walk through this to have that sense of loss and that sense of no control and not being able to fix it um, and having to redirect what legacy looks like for our family, um, for Jason's family, you know, for the Rolfs and the Bogards. We have all had to shift what our reality of legacy looks like. And I think that what has allowed Jason and I to navigate shifting that so well has been the fact that you guys have been right there with us pivoting and shifting every time we needed to. Um, so thank you for that. Okay, Dad. So let me jump in here and just say Please this. Do. You say, how did we steady ourselves? Yeah. We never steadied ourselves. Mm. Because it was a fight with you guys for yeah. legacy. Yep. Um, you know, in my own story, um, you know, I was the only one left to yeah. carry on the Bogart name. Yeah. Now, I know Jason has a twin brother, Jacob. Yeah. And, and there's still possibilities for Jacob yeah. in the future. We don't know yeah. what that holds for him. Right. But in regard to Jason, you know, the fight that I had alongside of him was that he would be able to have the legacy of his name yeah. to go forward. Exactly. Now, we're thankful in our story, yeah. you know, that we had Reed, and yeah. Reed has three boys. And yeah. Bogart So boys. the Bogart <laughs> boys are going to uh, move forward. Yeah. But uh, we had to fight with you guys through uh, not only physical seasons, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, when you had the surgery with the tumor yeah. and... The different scenarios that you went through physically. Yeah. But we also had to fight through the hopes yeah. and the dreams that got inspired yeah. along the way yeah. uh, by people that, that you know, in sincerity and yeah. and in reality have had times when they've prayed over people and yeah. people get pregnant, yeah. you know, and we had yeah. seasons like that with you yeah. guys and we fought in faith to believe, you yeah. know, that God would break the barrenness of your womb. Yeah. Um, and of course, we do have the one scenario when when you lost the baby early yeah. on. Um, but <clears throat> I, I think, you know, as a family, that's probably been yeah. the biggest struggle from my vantage point. Yeah. Um, just yeah. the fight for legacy. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a man, I feel... Uh, the the brokenness in Jason's heart. Yeah. And uh, again, I want to just give him kudos because he's been a warrior. Yeah. He's been a champion. Yeah. Uh, not only to fight for what's the future for you guys, but yeah. also to fight through uh, the disappointment, the disillusionment yeah. that you have yeah. in this season. So For sure. I mean, I think understanding that what you just said is so key for families. And it's the thing that breaks my heart the most is that family don't fight with each other. They often are causing more damage instead of getting in the fight. Yeah. And they, they don't lean into the fight together. And I just want to encourage every parent of a couple or an individual that's walking through infertility or having to make the, the decision to live without children, that you can't fight against them. They're in the fight of literal life, right? They're in a fight for life. 
They're in the fight for legacy. They're in the fight for long-term dreams. And if you're contributing to the fight in a way that causes more damage, they're just going to feel like they're losing. Whereas you guys got in the ring with us. You put on the boxing gloves. You had faith when we needed faith. You, you took the boxing gloves off when we needed you to take them off. Because there's been times where I've told you guys, like, we just don't have the faith for this right now. And so maybe y'all had the yeah. faith for it in private, but you didn't fight us on it. You didn't yeah. say, oh, well, you need to have more faith or you need to do this. And maybe you kept fighting, which I know y'all did, um, but you didn't keep your gloves on standing in the ring telling us we need to get back in. You let us get out, or if you're taking a boxing analogy, you let us sit out and wipe the blood off. You know, you gave us space and time. And I think um, so many family members are, to be frank, they're failing. They're failing in that area. And it's important that we wake up to understand that when someone is going through infertility or trying to conceive, trying to build their family, that is the most raw, intimate thing that you can be fighting for outside of your marriage. And so for you guys, what y'all have just shared is like 19 years of truth right there um, of helping people understand that not only were you feeling the loss, not only were you feeling the moments of you know, concern and disappointment when we would have to have this surgery or do this treatment or walk through this phase of feeling like throwing our hands up, we're done, we don't want to do this anymore, and then getting back in the fight and, you know, making it happen, making it happen. You guys have navigated every moment with us, even though you had your own pain, you allowed us to have our pain, and you didn't make it a fight against each other. And I just hope that I hope that couples in listening to this today are going to be able to communicate to their family members what they need, but then I hope that they will, I, I'm praying that thousands of family members will listen to this, and I don't even know if, if we can reach that far out, but I hope that this episode, if any episode, will spread like wildfire because families need to know how to navigate this. It is difficult. It is not easy. It's like mom shared. She's still processing. She's still having to discover what, what is this and how do I process the fact that my daughter is not having children. Like that's just not a real thing that anybody wants to have to face. Um, so I just, I don't know. I'm really passionate about families understanding how to navigate each other. So Let's break it down a little practical. Well, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to well, share on that? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, let me just say this because in light of what you're saying, there's rhythms, if you will. That's good. That And seasons mm -hmm. that yeah. are filled with different types of dynamics. Yep. And so I can remember, you know, when there's times of hope. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd come to you and I'd say, you know... Yeah. Uh, Something like, I can't wait till our baby girls get here. Yeah. Or, or something like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't say that. Yeah. In a season of, of difficulty and contention. Yeah. You know, where that would be just totally yeah. inappropriate. Right. But I think sometimes in our, the fight to encourage. Yeah. Is for me, was probably harder than the fight for courage. Yeah, that's good. Encouragement versus courage. Yeah, I, I can I could give you courage to yeah. go through a surgery. Yeah, but to give you encouragement. Yeah, in the seasons of hope. Yeah, was was difficult. How do you word that? How yeah, do you say it in such a way that we don't uh, put our hope and expectation on you, but yeah. we come alongside of yeah. what your dream and and desire is and yeah. what's ignited in you in that moment. Yeah, yeah, and I think just going. Back to what you were saying about like praying and believing God for stuff. And I mean, I never felt like any of what happened was a lack of yours and Jason's faith. Yeah, for sure. You prayed and you stood and I've never seen any two people more strong in how they stand in God. And yeah. I just, I Thanks, don't Mom. feel like at all that it was a failure in your faith or yeah. even a failure in how you cared for yourself because... Yeah. 
I think in some situations that we will never understand yeah. why that our health sometimes is just not it's just not good. It's yeah. just not it's not it's not going through the process of healing or yeah. strength or whatever that we don't understand why it's like that. Yeah. But I just want to say to people out there, especially um, the women that struggle with, oh, you know, is it my fault? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, what's the reason why this happened? I've done yeah. something wrong or I don't deserve this. Yeah. Well, that's a lie. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how much faith you have. Yeah. Sometimes things just happen that we don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm angry that this happened to you. Yeah. I'm angry that, that you've had to go through all this, that you've had this loss. Yeah. But in that anger, I have to turn my eyes to God and know yeah. that God still has a plan. And there's a scripture yeah, that says right. on the other side of this, he yeah. has a good thing for you yeah. guys. And he has good things that yeah. that's not the same as having your own children, yeah. obviously, but some other things that we don't have a clue about, yeah. some other dreams to be fulfilled. Yeah. And I just believe on the other side of that, we have to look at God's heart for us yeah. and not let our, our own flaws and weaknesses or yeah. struggles dictate who God is to us. Yeah, that's good. I think, you know, one thing that would be really real is that there have been times where I've come to you guys in a hopelessness moment. And maybe you've tried to like pray with me or like dad said, encourage me or give courage. And I've had to push back, right? Like there's been really real conversations where I'm like, I don't want to hear that right now. Mm -hmm. And what's key about those kind of conversations is one that I use my voice and I speak up. Because if I don't, then you actually can't give what I need in the relationship. And I'm expecting something that I haven't expressed. And that's not fair to you. But then the other part of that is how you respond to what I need. So rather than being offended at me saying, hey, I don't really want to hear that right now. Or even in my rashness at times saying like, you know, just don't want to hear it. Like stop talking to me, you know, and we're pretty blunt with each other. So, you know, there have been times where I'm just like, this is just BS. I, I can't take what you're saying to me. So in that, we've had to navigate like you guys not being offended because I'm kind of being rash and brass and rude, but understanding where that's coming from and taking the posture of, okay, that's not what she needs. So I'm going to pivot and we're going to have a different conversation today. And, you know, dad would always be like, do you want, do you want me to listen or do you want me to tell you what I think about it? And mom would be like, well, I don't really know what to say right now. Or what do you need to hear right now? Like you guys would say those things to me and still do to this day when it's any topic for that matter. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you guys have displayed for me is that there are going to be times when when the person walking through infertility is going to be rash and harsh and not kind because they're in the midst of pain and anger And there's going to be times where they're not, right? But the reality is we're navigating an honest conversation right there where both parties can get offended. Both parties can, that's where you start fighting against each other. Well, I didn't mean that. Well, I'm just trying to encourage you, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, all that's true. But the reality is in that moment, the conversation just needs to pivot. And it's not about offense. It's not about um, really anything other than showing care in the best way that we can. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's like kind of a, just a practical, I mean, y'all are both sitting here shaking your heads that we've had <laughs> yes. like those real <laughs> moments of real. not knowing how to do it, you know? And yeah. there's been times where I haven't known, you know, how to come and tell you guys like, okay, this is what happened. You know, when we had our third miscarriage a year and a half ago, I didn't want to make that phone call because I thought at that point in time in my life, I was hopeful. I was, I was believing God. I was leaning into faith. I was in the fight, honestly, like I had never been before. Mm -hmm. And to then have that moment and to have to call and tell you guys after this many years, like I just didn't want to make the call and I actually waited for like three days before I called you guys because I just thought 
do I really have to have this conversation again with my parents? So I think, you know, what I'd like to hear from you guys is in those conversations when I call, I'm irate, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, or I'm just irritable, right? Because let's just be honest, like there's been a lot of those. Um, tell me just either an example or just kind of how you've navigated those with me. Okay, for the thing that comes to my mind when you're talking about all the different scenarios of that is I, I just had the thought for the first time. Love it. How Bring it we, on, Mom. How we've actually, I'm talking about just you and I. Yeah. Side of it. How we've actually grown together yeah. in this process. Oh, for sure. And we've grown through the pain and the heartache. Yeah. And and I remember us even early on years ago having conversation about as Christians how we we have been taught to just push through things. Yeah. And to not let ourselves feel the pain, to just yeah. be okay and go forward. And you and I early on talked about how that's just not right. No. Yes, you're supposed to stand strong when you're in yeah. those moments of trials and tribulations and pain. Yes, you have to stand in faith. You have to believe God. But you also have to, in the moment, let yourself feel the pain. Yeah, because faith, pain and faith are not in competition. No, and they work together. Yeah. And we don't, we don't think about that. That pain actually, and I get this visible picture of how pain actually reaches out and takes the hand of faith mm. to walk through the pain. That's good, Mom. Because you can't walk through pain alone. Yeah. But you also can't be afraid to feel the pain because yeah. if you don't let yourself feel it, yeah then you're going to have so much bottled up inside, yeah. you're going to explode, yeah. and you're not even allowing yourself to... I mean, I to... can't say I haven't exploded before. <laughs> well, and, and explosions are okay. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, do, I do remember, especially the last few years, saying to you, it's okay that you feel the way you do. Yeah. It's okay to express those things, yeah. but just at some moment, you have to go back yeah. and take a breath and go, okay, now I'm back in the fight again. That's right. In the sense, and I mean, I, I mean, I get this picture of the boxer, and I'm not even a sports person, but because I have to watch it so much with all the boys <laughs> in our family, I get this picture of the boxer going in the corner to the stool and taking a breath, getting the water, yeah. them dabbing off the blood. Yeah putting whatever the mouthpiece back in and yeah. then he goes back into the fight. And I mean, in a sense, that's what happens when you have to explode yeah. and you're feeling so um, aggressive all the time or, or yeah. frustrated, then sometimes you have to let that fight go on and then you have to go to the corner and take yeah. a breath. Yeah. And they, you have to hear the people in your corner saying, you can do this, you can do this. This is what I see yeah. happening from the enemy. Now step back and, and go to that fight and yeah. win. And I feel like that's what's has happened lots of times with the fight you and Jason have been in is that you've had to do that. Yeah. You've had to be fighters, but yet you've also got to come back and take a breath and let yourself feel the pain yeah. that you're feeling, but yet then step back in. Yeah. That's good, Mom. You know, uh, you take physical analogy. Yep. Pain alerts the rest of the body that it, in that particular part of the body, we need some resources. You know, yeah. you... You hit your thumb with a hammer. What does it do? You, automatically, you're putting your thumb in your mouth. You know, <laughs> yeah. so that's that so the the rest of the body can help it. And so that's that's kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I think you know at times what has helped us is just our relationship and our marriage. Yeah, that's good. Uh, because you know when you've in a sense vomited on us yeah your feelings I mean, and your I frustrations <laughs> uh, only sometimes more than others um you know then we have we have a refuge yeah for ourselves yeah. that we can come together and yeah and you know talk it out from our vantage point and yeah. encourage each other strengthen each other so that we can yeah you know uh, strengthen you and your pain. Yeah, um, that's good. You know, the the seasons uh, just present so many questions. Yeah. Um, that's very And there's real. so many places that you don't understand. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we're believing for God's promises. Yeah. And he never fails. Yeah. But that's our right. human experience is lived out in a fallen world. Yeah, that's good. And a broken world. Yeah. And sometimes 
for whatever reason that we don't understand in this present moment, um, we may go through some hard things. Yeah. You know, bad things do happen to good people. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's where you rebound, how you rebound. And yeah. I thought about this. It's it's where do we carry our pain? Yeah. Do we carry our pain in the presence of a loving father? Mm. Because he'll heal us, he'll embrace us, yeah. he'll comfort us. Or do we um, carry our pain mm. to other people and put our pain on other people? Yeah. And put, so we, we kind of use them as a whipping post, if you will. Yeah. To make ourselves feel better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, but if we can carry our pain, like Rose was saying, you know, there's, there's a place where it's legitimate to hurt in yeah. God's presence with That's questions. Right. That's right. It's okay to be mad at God. Yeah. It's okay to be yeah. feeling like you're not being heard by God. Yeah. Uh, but yet doing that in his presence. Yeah. So that his voice can speak. Yeah. And his Good. comfort can come. Yeah. There can be breakthrough. Yeah. But outside of that yeah. realm, then you, you put yourself in a position where your resources are limited to get healed and be comforted in that moment. Yeah. And I think one thing we talk a lot on Bear Not Broken about is to have purpose in the pain. And I think what you just described is like having the pain in God's presence is one of the only ways that purpose can be established in it. Mm -hmm. Because if you are outside of his presence, then you're only walking away with more questions. Whereas in his presence, there's a peace because the word of God talks about he is the prince of peace. Therefore, if we have him in us, then we carry peace with us. And so to be in his presence brings peace. Mm -hmm. To be in his presence brings that steadiness that we're looking for. But it's usually the last place that we go because of our anger. But really what you guys have taught me is that God can handle my anger and he will replace it with peace. And in those moments is where that purpose is established. And I think to have purpose and pain only happens in the presence of God and in community. And the community being people that will always point you point you back to peace, which means him because he is the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we talk a lot on here about community, about um, using your voice and about knowing how to walk out the pain and because the reality is there there's no sunshine daisies and roses and rainbows when you're walking through infertility like the reality is a lot of times why family members and friends can't handle or don't walk with people is because they don't know how to face your pain they don't know how to face my pain because the reality is every single bit of it is painful there's not a lot of joy because the reality is the joy is what I'm fighting for, which is to have a child. And every time that doesn't happen, there's just pain in between. And so I think what I want to kind of hone in on a little bit is how do you walk with someone in their pain? Because the reality is I've lived a lot of years of pain. And yes, that pain affects the people that I care about, but you have had to walk with me and be comfortable with me in my pain because my pain wasn't hidden. You couldn't, I couldn't hide it. I couldn't fake it. Um, it was pain and it was visible and people are uncomfortable with that. And, and a lot of times we lose friendship and we have disconnect with family because we as people often don't know how to be and just sit with people in their hurt and their pain. Mm-hmm. But yet our greatest need and desire as human beings is to know and to be known and to know others. And so what I want to hear from you guys is how have you established or how have you determined to navigate walking with me in my pain when it's really uncomfortable? Well, my response would be this, um, to walk with anybody through pain. Number one is you got to realize you're not their soy. You're not their source. Yeah, that's good. To be their fixer. You're yeah. not you're not the source of their healing. Yeah. You're not the source of uh you know just there's a pressure to feel like, okay, I gotta 
I got to fix you or yeah. I got to set you straight or yeah. I got to give you information. I got to give you revelation. Yeah. And I think if we meet people, uh, I learned this a few years ago uh, on a men's retreat. If we can meet people with comfort and empathy first yeah, uh, and then help them uh, just come alongside of and identify with their pain. Yeah. Man, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Bonnie Ruth, that you had that expectation and now you've had this letdown. Uh, I'm so sorry that you felt like, you know, you were misrepresented or whatever. And and come and meet them in their their pain and meet them with empathy and comfort first. And then allow them to draw out of you what resource they need from your life. Yeah. And it sounds simple, but yeah. uh, I think we first approach difficult situations yeah. from the standpoint, oh, well, I need to let you know that yeah. you need to have faith in this area. Yeah. Or I need to let you know you need to feel this way, not yeah. that way. Right. And yeah. immediately that, that brings confrontation. Yeah. And divide. It, yeah. It yeah. doesn't bring unity and hope. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Good. Well, and my, my side of it is, um, you know, my number one strength is empathy. Yeah. So I'm always going to, it's no, I can't get rid of it. Yeah. It's just there. It's part of me. It's the biggest part of me. Yeah. So it's easy for me to be empathetic. Yeah. But it's like Bobby saying, it's sometimes hard for me to not want to fix because I am empathetic. Right. But I have to say that, and I've never said this to you, but dad and I have talked about it. I've shared it with dad, but. It's not just about the infertility that you carry for your children. Yeah. It's like starting churches. Yeah. Doing ministry. Yeah. Getting hurt by people at church. Getting yeah. uh, disappointed because something didn't work out in life. It's yeah. not you're not just carrying the yeah. imp- the the infertility side of it with yeah. them. You're carrying all the sides that yeah. you, that they go through and the empathy and empathy for everything. It just it, yeah. it, for me it goes into overkill sometimes right. because I feel that pain in every situation yeah. in y'all's lives. Yeah. So I know there's been times when the infertility was very extreme when you were starting the church in McKinney those yeah. five years. And so I felt tired during that time yeah. because not only were you st- uh, struggling with the surgeries and the infertility and all the pain and yeah. everything that was going on, then, you know, you guys were starting the church and we yeah. were supporting that. And yeah. And I remember being very tired, and plus I was working a job. Yeah. So the reality of life is it's not just about the infertility. That's right. It's about everything mm-hmm. else that yeah. goes on in life. Yeah. It's about our son starting a church at yeah. the same time, and us both working jobs at the same yeah. time. And It's life. It's life. Yeah. And so you're not just feeling the weight of the infertility, yeah. but yet the infertility is way more personal yeah. and intimate in a sense than some of the other things. Yeah. And so there were moments I felt tired and weighed down by it. Yeah. But I'm a fighter. Yeah. And so even though it's like we talked about earlier, I had I'd have to pull back. Yeah. Not from you. Yeah. Of but course. from how I was dealing with it. Yeah. And I'd have to pull back and I'd have to take a breath. Yeah. And and I have to say that even when you had the surgery a few months ago, it's like I felt like I was at a crossroad. There was like, I'd been walking down this path with you of yeah. infertility and pain. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're, we're not going that way anymore. Yeah. We're going to, okay, this is final. There's yeah. no more children. There's yeah. hopefully health health on the yeah. other side of the surgery. Yeah. And I felt like I was standing at a crossroads trying to figure out how to feel about that. Yeah. Trying to figure Me out too. how to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm standing here, you know, taking care of you after the surgery. And I'm yeah. thinking... I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, It's like when you have kids at home and you buy all these groceries for them and then they move away and you're like, what am I going to do with all these groceries? You right. know, it's like I'm on a different path Or now. when we come in town and you buy all the goodies and we leave town and then you're like, oh, yeah. wait, I got all the goodies left. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so I just feel like that, it's like Dad said, every season of life we've had to figure out how to support that. Yeah. And now we're in a new season of life. It's still yeah. connected to the infertility. Yeah. It's still connected sure. to not being able to have children. Yeah. But it's a different pace of life. It's a different... It's like after you had the surgery, I wanted to feel excited for you that you would be okay and you wouldn't hurt anymore. Yeah. But I couldn't in a way. It's like I kept trying to make that feeling come in and I felt too much of the pain. 
Yeah. But see, now it's been, what, three months down the road, yeah. and I'm feeling a breath now, and I'm like, oh, God, yeah. thank God she's feeling yeah. better. Yeah. She's coming, becoming herself again, yeah. and she's being able to breathe again. Yeah. And, and Jason, she and Jason, I can see a difference in yeah. your dynamic of relationship. It's like you're both breathing even though you're hurting. Yeah. So well, it's like I'm happy for that side of it. Yeah, I think with that, it's pretty normal for all of us feeling that way. And here's something that I've realized is I have lived 19 years in physical, well, a little more than that, even before we got married, like 21 years of physical pain yeah, and, and health, chronic, chronic health issues. And so we've all navigated that for that long. Mm -hmm. So now we have a hysterectomy and we're hoping that I feel better, but none of us have seen what that looks like in 21 years. Yeah. So we're having to let um, the canvas of our hearts have a new painting on it of mm -hmm. what it looks like to live life healthy, for me to live life healthy, for you guys to see me as healthy, for me to talk right. like I'm healthy, for you guys to talk like I'm healthy, you know? So I think there's... Um, there is a fork in the road of like, how are we going to see this season? Mm -hmm. How are we going to now, you know, Jason and I keep saying like, things are being redefined, reshaped, mm -hmm. and rediscovered. Yeah. And the reason for that is because we are in a new season of life. And you guys are having to navigate that as my parents as well. Like, how do you reshape how you see our future and the dreams that you had in your heart for me as your daughter, for us as your family? Right. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people minimize and rush past. But that fork in the road is actually a pretty key vital moment yeah. because you have to choose. And if you don't slow down enough to choose how you're going to walk the, the future, then you are going to have some missed, one, healing, mm -hmm. two, experiences, and three, opportunities as you make that choice. And I think I just think it's really important that people... And families navigate that and have the hard conversations. You know, I remember after the surgery, like, both of you said to me at different times, like, I just hope you're going to be okay after this. And, like, I said that. Like, I mean, I laid in bed crying one day to you, Jason, and, and you guys and Jason. And I was just like, I just want to freaking feel better after yeah. this, you know. And so I think, like, it's a, it's a vital moment in time. Whether... You know, somebody else's story, it might not be that they have a hysterectomy. It could be insert any scenario that you need to in the phases of, of stories. But for us, I think we're we're discussing something that's really important for people to hone in on. And when you come to the fork in the road in your story, you have to slow down, have the awkward conversations. You have to slow down enough to like let your heart settle so that you can redirect, so you can reshape, so that you can rediscover. Right. I think I, even as you say that, um, this pause, this this gap that we're in right now, mm -hmm. um, we have to be careful mm -hmm. that we don't put expectations on you. Yeah. That what we do is we support you in the recalibration yeah. of your lives. Yeah. So that once it's recalibrated and you get the vision that you need for your yeah. future, yeah. then we can come alongside and support that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I guess, is that we can't put what our vision might be for you yeah. on you in this season. Yeah, you can't We have to let God speak to you. Yeah. And we let we have to let the vision come from, yeah. the dreams come from Him planting those in your heart. Yeah, for so sure. So it is a critical season right now for, yeah. really for all of us. Yeah, yeah. So what I was going to say is that um, thinking about that fork in the road, you know, you can stay on the path of infertility, yeah. whether you can have a baby or not, right? whether you've had a hysterectomy or not. You yeah. can stay on that path by feeling depressed and yeah. not that you won't have those feelings because yeah, you, sure. you will struggle with feelings like that. Yeah. But if you stay on that path and you don't veer to the way that we're yeah. talking to the, to the new future, the new yeah. redirection or whatever, and then you become... Um, a prisoner to self-pity yeah and things like that and fear yeah and it's like well you, you mentally don't leave what you're physically exactly. exiting you're actually 
I say it this way. It's like you become a prisoner to self-pity and you yeah. put yourself in that prison. Yeah. And in that prison, you, you walk in hand in hand with fear because yeah. of fear of, oh, yeah. things are never going to be better. Or things are, yeah. you know, God doesn't love me or, yeah. you know, and I think that I'm really proud of you and Jason because I don't see that at all. Yeah. I don't see you walking into that prison of self-pity, even though you could easily do that. I yeah. know you may have down days, yeah. but that's human. Yeah. And we're human and we're not going to be perfect. We're going to yeah. have those moments of depression or feeling the pain of the loss of what's happened. Yeah. But at the same time, if God is God and it's true that he has a plan for you, then on the other side of this... Uh, walking this out, you have to know that there's good things for the future. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're not going to feel the pain along the way. Yeah, for sure. And I think that people misunderstand that when we head to a new future, we leave all the pain behind, but right. that's not true. That pain yeah. actually walks with us. Yeah. And But our faith, like I said earlier, grabbing the hand of faith and walking forward and believing God for the yeah. best that He has for us, whatever that may be. Yeah. And some of it may even be dreams that have been in your heart that have just not been able to come to fruition because of all the infertility right. and all the pain and all the being consumed with all the health yeah. and stuff. And I just feel like, um, yeah, it's important that when we hit those crossroads that we go forward yeah. and feel the pain along the way, but don't lock ourselves up in that pain and yeah. that self-pity. I think one thing I would say to that is we can enter a new season, you know, Jay, like dad mentioned earlier, like seasons and rhythms, there's been different seasons and different rhythms of this. And when you exit a season, you can leave yourself mentally locked in that season and emotionally locked in that season, yeah. or you can find a new rhythm to enter the new season. But I think there's a difference of having a moment of self-pity and locking yourself in the prison of yes, self-pity. Exactly. And so what I hear you saying is like mentally we could all be staying back in what we've just walked for 21 years. Right. Um, 19 years with us being married. Um, or we can, like we're all discussing right now, is allow there to be a space for it to be redirected and reshaped. And that means mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and relationally. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's all those areas. And a lot of times what happens is, in our lives and our the barren places in our lives because with barren not broken we talk all the time yes we're focused on infertility in this platform but the reality is like there's other areas in our lives that we can be barren in mm -hmm. so when we are barren we have we have the decision to make of how we walk that out and not choose to live broken in it and i think mm -hmm. it's really vital that we provide space in whatever the barrenness is for there to be a shift in our hearts and our minds. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I want to do as we wrap up, it, first of all, do y'all have anything else that you'd like to share on, on any of the topics that we're talking about or anything that um, comes to your heart before we transition? Well, I just want to add to the, when we're talking about like the self-pity side of it, I look at it even for myself. Yeah. To feel sad because of the loss. Yeah. The legacy. And, and I've, I've, I think it's like you're saying, we have to make a choice. Yeah. Feel sad inside of ourselves. Let ourselves grieve, but at the same time, move forward. Yeah. And, and go toward the new things. Yeah. And so I'm just saying as your parents. Exactly. There's a side where we could feel that same thing. Yeah. Not just your pain of yeah. you being the person to feel the loss. Yeah. But because like you said, we're all a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes it's everybody a, It's a choice that. we yeah. make yeah. To, to move on. Um, what is for each of you... As we wrap up, what's the the one or two things that you would want to say if you had other parents or family members sitting in the room with you right now? How would you encourage them, or what's something that a tip or a nugget that you would give them to navigate with their family? And whoever can start. Well, I, I just feel like it's a lot of what we've said already. Is yeah. that you you have to first of all. It's hard to do because, again, we're our own person. We feel our own pain. So it's hard to, to choose our pain over someone else's sometimes, Yeah, if that makes sense. It's hard even as a parent, when you love your child, to step back and say, oh, yeah, I want the best for them first because we're human and we're not, we're not perfect. Yeah. We want what we want. But I feel like the biggest thing is to be able to step back as a parent and be okay that we have to put ourselves 
on hold Mm -hmm. and let our child feel the pain and let our child support that pain, support the the dreams and the hopes. I mean, we're talking about pain, but it's also the dreams and hopes and everything. It's the positive and the negatives. And, and I mean, as a parent, it's just hard not to be selfish sometimes, but to just encourage those out there that have children and you feel that pain with them. But at the same time, you sometimes have to lay down what you feel for, for them to be able to go through what they're going through. And then the second step of that is to be able to be there for them and not feel bad for yourself because you don't want them to know that you feel the pain, but yet you're supporting them. So I, I think it's just supporting them and letting them have the dream and, and being there for them when they go through the struggles of that. Yeah. You know, parenting is probably one of the most difficult jobs I think that there is on planet Earth. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, because it doesn't matter. Each, each child is different. Yeah. And then uh, as the journeys begin to take shape and you go through the different seasons... Um, you, you have your own story that you carry into the scenario. Yeah. And sometimes we want to speak out of that. Yeah. And it's really not valid. Mm, that's good. It's just like I was talking with Reed yesterday. Um, you know, our generation mm. had certain values. Yeah. But the generation, your generation has yeah. different values. Right. And, um, as parents, we have to be careful that we don't take the values and the experiences of our present generation. Yeah. The values and experiences of our generation and try to put them on the generation of our kids. Yeah, that's good. Um, because the faith that we needed yeah. to live out our journey yeah. is different than the faith that you need to live out your yeah, journey. Yeah, that's good. And so... I think the dynamic tension that a parent carries is the the, the tension between uh, speaking Mm. and listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I speak, then I am exerting who I am and my thoughts and my philosophy and my vision into that situation. Yeah. But when I listen... I can hear the heartbeat and the yeah, cry. That's good. And uh, I think that's probably most important. Yeah. That we listen way. I mean, we got two ears, right? Right. One mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think God was giving us a clue. <laughs> so as parents, it's just difficult to listen sometimes. Yeah. Because we want to speak. We want to give courage. We yeah. want to fix. We yeah. want to heal. We want to, yeah. you know. And the only way that we can do that is to speak. Yeah. But yet, listening is probably more valuable yeah. in every scenario than speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's care. Like what you guys are describing is when you care for someone, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that, you know, as people, as family, as a family unit, that we understand sometimes our desire to care for someone it has to be walked out in the way that that care can be received. So oftentimes that's listening versus speaking. Um, And also navigating what you guys are talking about in that is support, right? Support and care is Mm -hmm. stepping into the space with someone and knowing that you can't fix it. Like we, I think as humans, we often equate care with, with helping and fixing and doing Whereas a lot of times it's just the being part that someone actually needs. And that's what I hear both of you saying, like supporting, listening, and it's being willing to enter the space with someone in the way in which they need it Mm -hmm. and understanding that you haven't failed if you can't do something about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, that's what I would, would leave the listeners with today is knowing that when you're navigating as family Family is the deepest level of care, right? And whether that's family you choose or family you're born into, and in your care, don't care so much that you actually cause hurt. Care enough to just be. And I hope that we've helped people navigate how to do that. I mean, we could sit here and talk for like two more hours 
on scenarios and conversations and and tips and tricks but the reality is like every family is different just like dad shared I don't want us to project on people what they need to do I just want to spur the conversations that they need to have so they can do what they need to do um so thank you so much for being here and stepping in the uncomfortable stepping into having a conversation that's super vulnerable and exposing who we are as family in our infertility journey and thank you for being honest and thank you for um how you guys have navigated with Jason and I we could never ever thank you or repay you enough for how you've done that no you haven't been perfect no we haven't been perfect but we've stayed in it together and as we navigate this new season I'm honored to call you guys friends and parents so thank you for being here today thank you for having us <laughs> thank you Baron that broken community I'm so honored that you would come along with my parents and I to just hear a bit of our story and hear how we've navigated the hard things and how we've navigated having faith together in the hopeful seasons and I hope that you've been encouraged I hope that today you will walk away with the ability to have the conversations you need to have with your family to navigate healthy your own journey and your own story. Have a great day.